0: Hello, hello and welcome, it's Mark, it's Trucking Answers, the podcast where you only get me through your ear hole, you do not have to look at me and that's the preferred way to do it. Soon we'll be doing an episode where you do not even have to hear me, you won't see or hear me. That will be an amazing episode worthy of accolades from late night talk show hosts. I'm here with my co-host Gracie, who is here with me today, looking at me, what's going on Gracie? she will be uh you know jumping in at any moment to either bite my feet or discuss the latest in trucking all right so we are here and this was asked on the live show like to wrap up the monday youtube live show on the uh next podcast and um so we asked someone asked how many countries and i hadn't counted the countries in a little while because the The way you do it changed and so it's a little more difficult so i counted the countries we are currently in 51 countries with this podcast great countries like saint lucia right where we have one download so that uh, joins the list of countries that are listening to trucking answers you should join too if you're just listening and didn't subscribe what are you doing hit the subscribe so that you get all the episodes downloaded to your favorite podcasting app that you're listening to right now. We're on iTunes, uh iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify. We're everywhere. Every podcasting app. This podcast goes everywhere including all around the world. So welcome everybody. We're going to have some trucking news today and uh, some automotive news and the passing of uh, basically an automotive great which is uh, disappointing, and uh, as always. And in the third half of the show, we're going to discuss a reason why we're not on Mars. And the reason we're not on Mars is because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people that live on this planet wasting our money that could be used to send us to space. So now we have to give them dry cheese sandwiches. So thanks for listening, and uh, let's see what we got going on here. So. On uh, the live show, uh, a number of people commented, asked a question, which uh, has been asked a few times, and I do want to go over this again, about Variant. Uh, Mark, is Variant the highest paying trucking company for company drivers? Well, you know, that's, that's an interesting question. It isn't the highest pay as a trucking company, but it is possibly the highest pay you can get as a company driver at a trucking company. And um, what the heck am I talking about? Well, let me tell you. (laughs) With experience, you get 60 cents there in your basic, you know, detention and breakdown. Just like every place at the Mid-America Truck Show, a lot of companies are offering that and then some. That isn't the great thing about Variant. That isn't the compelling thing about Variant. You need to go to Variant to bring other people to Variant. All right, so you should go there, see if it's a great place to work, you know, and then get other people to work there. That's the whole goal of Variant because of the downline. Warren Buffett said that until you figure out how to make money in your sleep, you'll never be rich. He said you're always just going to work. All of us have the same amount of time every day to do things, right? People always say, Mark, I don't have time to do this. or that. You have the same amount of time as everybody else has. All right. Nobody gets more time. Some people are billionaires. Some people are poor. Just depends how you make money. You'll never make enough money as long as you only use the time that you have to make money. You have to make money when you aren't making money. Money has to be made while you're doing other things. Variant gives you that opportunity, and I want to give you an example of what somebody talked about on the show. Okay, uh, an astute viewer on the live show on uh, YouTube said, "Hey, Mark, they just heard that somebody that has four hundred thousand subscribers is." Uh, going to be an ambassador for variant now on 400,000 subscribers on YouTube which is a huge a crap load of subscribers let me tell you just that's enough to make a living no problem but um, they're going to be an ambassador at variant all right here's here's some numbers what if just one-tenth of one percent of those people went to work at variant think about this right that's hardly anybody right hardly anybody one in a thousand people that's 400 people okay 400 now at variant you get two thousand dollars and this can change over time so depends when you listen this you have to call them for the latest numbers but at the moment it's two thousand dollars and the person comes on and then two cents a mile so let's focus on this first part so you get 400 people to work there let's just say it takes you a year to do that on your subscriber base all right four thousand uh now 400 people right times two thousand a person how much is that eight hundred thousand dollars all right just in the people starting to work there so besides the money you make there you would make eight hundred thousand dollars because there's no limit they don't limit this now all these people work there and i i'm just estimating high at 2500 but let's say they all only get two thousand miles a week each of them you get two cents a mile for every person that you get to work there with no limit and and it's for as long as they work there so, now you have 400 people on and they're getting 2,000 miles a week. Each person you get $40 from, right, per week. That pays every Friday to you. So, are you doing the math? Are you doing it? <laughs> $16,000. Okay. $16,000. A week. A week before you drive. Right? Right? Plus the money you make. You have to be a driver there. If you quit, you lose all the money. So that encourages you to stay there as well. And believe me, for that money, you are going to work to keep those people there, aren't you? Yeah, that's another eight hundred grand a year. That's what I'm saying. And the reason that is, is because you're making money while you sleep. You're making money while these people come there. You're helping the company and they're paying you. You know, people found this to be, you know, distasteful or whatever, but I don't know. A lot of companies pay recruiting bonus. There are actually a lot of people on YouTube and other venues, you know, that use those uh, social medias to get drivers to increase their pay. A lot of people at Prime do this because they pay, you know, a good recruiting bonus. And there's really nothing wrong with that. I've always said, if you like your company, go ahead and recruit for it. I don't recruit for my company. We have a couple of thousand bucks on the table, too. I don't recruit for them. All right. I do not. But people do. There are people that do that. And that is a very good way to make money. It is. And Variant is the only place that I know of. A couple of people say, well, there's other places that do that. But nobody has told me where that is. I said, well, who's doing it? Well, there are places. All right. Well, OK. Until I know where it is, this is the only place doing it this way. So the money, I don't say go to Variant because the high pay that they're going to pay you. It's the downline money that you're going to get. Everybody can get 60 cents if you're an experienced driver. Now, there may be a reason to go to Variant otherwise. Like maybe they have a terminal by your house or they get you home every week. You know, there's different reasons why you work at one place over another that, you know, are not necessarily pay. It just depends on your situation. But I think the best reason to go there is this downline of pay where they're paying you to recruit for them. Look, everybody thinks recruiters are lying anyway. So why not have the drivers do it? I don't really have any problem with this. You know, the potential is you could make thousands and thousands of dollars. What if somebody, what if you're there 10 years and this person stays 10 years, $40 a week for 10 years, it's $20,000 you would get from one person plus the 2000 initial bonus per person. If they stay 10 years and you're there 10 years, that's the kind of potential that there is there. For somebody who's really good at it. Now, if you're like, Mark, I don't want to recruit. I don't want to do that. Well, then I don't know if there's a great reason to go to Variant other than, you know, the normal reasons of they go where you want to go, you like the company, whatever. But the reason to be on the road, I think, if you're going to be gone from your family, you're going to be living in a truck, I think you should try to make the most money possible to, to do the best you can there for the smallest amount of time, really, that you can. Because uh, you're gone away from your life. So, why not make as much as possible if you're going to put in that sacrifice? Let's make that money. So, it makes an interesting way to make the money. You know, call Varian and talk to him. You know, look at, uh, try to find an ambassador somewhere. They're all over the place. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. I just find it interesting. You know, Mark, they're part of US Express. Look. If a place is doing something that can improve drivers' lives, I'm all about it. It doesn't—that part doesn't matter. That might actually be a benefit. They get a lot of freight, and <laughs> we can see what we want. We have a lot of freight. You know, do I send people to U.S. Express? No, but uh, this new way of doing things—you know, which is a completely new way—look, you're dispatched by a computer. All right, it decides the best loads and gives it to you. People love it. The drivers love it. There, that I've talked to. It's just a new way to do it consider it <clears throat> so something to consider something to consider there all right now another uh, thing that we talked about on the live show that i'd like to uh, address is this truck issue where there were people going to a company and two drivers quit out of orientation because they didn't get a long nose pete from a company that's known for their long nose peter belts and I was like I don't know if you quit or not over a truck and somebody said rightly so well Mark you know uh didn't you at one point years ago quit J.B. Hunt for a similar reason a truck yes okay for those of you that don't know when I uh years ago all right uh looked into working at J.B. Hunt and in fact I went to orientation there but in here's the thing when I went there I talked to him in advance this was the changeover from cab overs to conventionals in the industry so you know a while ago they were advertising conventionals hey experienced drivers come get a conventional truck we're putting out all new conventionals and when i talked to the recruiter i was experienced not a lot a few years of experience or whatever but to them that's experienced driver you know you're not coming in where you need training you can go drive right away uh right away okay and we talked, and I'm like, yeah, I want one of those conventionals. I know I'm sick of driving cabovers around. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to get a conventional. Now, I tell people today, get everything in writing, and they would have had to send that to me in writing. And I wasn't thinking about it then, but I'll tell you the other side of that is you really shouldn't have to. The only reason I tell people to get things in writing is because all the recruiters lie to you, all <laughs> right, uh, which is sad. If, if a recruiter tells you something at any company, That should be the end of it. You shouldn't have to get it in writing a recruiter or anybody at the company that's that is empowered, you know, a manager or whatever that says, okay, you can get this, whatever this thing is. That's what you should get. It should be a true statement and they should make it happen. All right. So we discussed it and they were running ads about it. Hey, come and get a conventional. We're putting out conventionals. So I made it very clear up front. That's what I wanted. And I think if there's something that you want, no matter what it is or what somebody else thinks about it, if if it means something to you, it matters to you, you should be upfront about it. Uh, this is what I want, and I don't want to work there if you don't have this thing. I, I don't care what it is, all right? If it means I only will drive a you know purple truck, so uh, if you don't have them, I don't want to work there. Be upfront about it. And I don't know what these people talked about with the company. That's what we nobody really knows except the drivers and the recruiters that they talk to. All right, so we don't know what was promised to them. Let's be honest about that. It was said that the company doesn't promise these trucks up front, but we don't know what somebody might have said to them. It's possible somebody lied to them. It is. It's also possible on the other side that they didn't ask for it. They just assumed they would get that truck. That's also a possibility. We have no idea unless we listen to the conversation. But I'll tell you with J.B. Hunt, I was very clear about it. That's why I was going there. I wanted a conventional. And so I went to Louisville, which is where they were having orientation then. Went through a couple of days of orientation or whatever and then got a truck. And it was a cab over. I'm like, uh no. All right. We discussed. Conventionals. Oh, and they're like, no, people don't get conventionals. You got to drive these trucks for a while, and then we'll think about putting you in a conventional. And I left, and they didn't care. <laughs> the thing is, they didn't care. I felt like uh, if they lied about that, they're going to lie about everything. Okay, they already lied to just to get me here. Yeah, I didn't have them send it to me in writing. Okay, but that is what they told me, and that was in their ads. That's when there were all those little truck books at the truck stop, and that's their ad. I'm like, you guys have this in your ad. You t- We talked about this, and I talked about this with the recruiter. I expect a conventional. I'm an experienced driver, and that's what I'm going to expect. So <clears throat> if you don't want to give it to me, I'm leaving. And they're like, well, it's been nice knowing you. No one called me. No one talked to me. No one ever cared. They could have cared less. And so I'm glad I left. I'm glad I left at that time, because that would not have been a good experience. And who knows what else they would have lied about. And if these people, these two drivers that quit, if they were actually told, yes, when you come here, you're going to get this Pete, and they were not given it, uh, yeah, they should leave because if they're going to lie before you even start working there, what's the next lie that's coming? We don't know what the company said, all right? But as soon as they start lying to you, that's just going to roll. It's just going to be more and more of them. So get all that up front. Now it's easy to get it writing. tell me, yeah, send me an email about that you know, from your corporate email, you know, recruiter at company.com or whatever that they're emailing you, but you shouldn't have to. Right? The only reason we do that is because so many people lie about this. Recruiters will lie, lie, lie. This is the variant why they're using drivers because they know that we just don't believe the recruiters. And this is why this because you'll call them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Come down. You'll get one of these trucks and then you're there and they're like, nope, you know, no, no. We don't hand those trucks out. So we don't know what happened in this case, but if they were lied to, if they were lied to, then they should leave because the lies aren't going to get any better. Because who knows? They go well in a couple months you get one, and then in those two months they go well, you know we don't have any right now. It's going to be later. If that's something that's important to you, then don't settle for less than that. This is how people get in trouble at every company that they go to. You know when I, you know, when I'm asked about that, well. You know, if I just take it for a couple of months, well, these things aren't going to get better. If that's something that's important, don't settle for less than what you want. People ask me, Mark, how do you get the short run all the time? Uh, you know, well, I said, because I don't want to work 70 hours a week here because there's really no benefit to it so that I won't take long runs. Uh, you know i would leave before i would go run here for 70 hours a week that's how i get a short run that's what i want and so i look around and i am not settling i will accept less pay to get the time that i want that's how i do it there it's the same thing if you want uh i don't know every weekend home all right that's a good example people always talk about that i want five days i'll be home on friday and leave monday be clear about that with the recruiter up front hey I want to be home by Friday at, you know, whatever, 7 p.m. And I don't want to leave till 8 in the morning, Monday, period. Is that possible here? Because, you know, and look, tell them like this. I don't want to work there if that's not possible because I don't want to have to quit in a few weeks. That Because that's what's going to happen. You know, I just want to be upfront about it. If this is not a thing that you do, then tell me. Oh, no, you have to be out three weeks here at a time. Okay, then that's not the place for me. You know, but don't lie to me about it because in two weeks I'm going to quit when I'm not home on the weekends. As soon as I tell them, as soon as I'm not home when I want to be, I'm going to start looking for a job. So let me know if this isn't possible. Be upfront about it. And and so what if they think you're being a jerk about it? I don't care. You know, I'm not there to please the recruiter okay, or anything else. If this is something you want in your life, stick to your guns about it. No matter what it is i need to be home every tuesday for three hours and see if somebody can work with you on that but get what you want stop settling in your life for things that you don't want so if it's weekends if it's a truck whatever but be up front don't show up there and then hope, oh, well, they mostly run these trucks, so I'll probably get one. And then be mad you don't get one because you didn't ask. You don't get if you don't ask. So ask and be clear about what you want. This is what I want. I won't settle for less than this. So if you can't give it to me, just let me know. And we'll part ways as friends. It isn't any problem, but I just want to be clear about it up front. Okay, just ask. Ask and demand and don't settle for what you don't want. And, you know, for companies, if there are any companies listening, listen to me, all right? If your recruiters are promising something to drivers that is not true, all right, you are a horrible company. If At J.B. Hunt, when I was there, when I told them that, see, if I was the manager of a location like that, I would have it said that if anybody quits or wants to quit out of orientation, somebody needs to call me immediately because I want to come and talk to him and I'd find out what the problem was because if there's a pattern like this I'd fire that recruiter period all right I would have marched my butt in there and said hey this driver is supposed to get in conventional you can't be lying you're fired all right as simple as that but they didn't because they don't care they just probably have some kind of metric some number that says oh well a certain percentage of people are going to quit so who cares and i was just part of that percentage just let them go it doesn't make any difference but companies don't be promising things that is not true don't lie to people you know that's a huge problem in the industry i don't know why managers aren't calling you know to try to get these recruiters whenever i call a company you can call them back in 10 minutes and you'll get a totally different story from another recruiter and it can be almost any company almost any company it's ridiculous it's just ridiculous it should be the same story from everybody when you give them the same deal and you get a totally different thing from the recruiter that's not great Mm -hmm. all right it's a company issue that should be solved stop paying recruiters uh you know per driver or whatever and you'll kind of stop this kind of thing and fire people that lie record the calls and fire them fire them oh that'd be interesting maybe the call should be recorded and saved so when that person comes to orientation they can say well this i was told this and then a management team can listen to the calls that were made with that person that would be good it should go with that person's packet, the calls that they had with the recruiter that's a very good idea uh companies you can go ahead and use that anytime you want to that'd be great now, i want to talk about a show that um this weird you know, fat, redheaded, nerdy kid started watching, flipping through the channels, 1981. And um, turned on WTTW in Chicago, Channel 11, which is public television in Chicago, you know, Sesame Street. Well, it turns out on Saturdays uh, in 1981, there was a show that came on that caught the edge of, you know, yeah, it's me, okay, <laughs> surprise, uh, right? And I'm like, wow. With John Davis, you know, he introduced this new show that is just coming out called Motor Week. Mo- America's Automotive News Magazine. Uh, television's Automotive News Magazine. I don't exactly know how they worded it, but there were a couple of people on the show that were regulars. One of them was Pat Goss. Uh, started with John Davis in 1981. And um, he did a segment called Goss's Garage. And not every week but most weeks he had a segment on there and it's a few minutes and he'd show you know how brakes worked or why your brake fluid has to be changed and regularly and how coolant worked and how everything worked how the whole car worked Uh, so over time you learned really how everything worked and here's this kid watching this not even in high school but loves cars and I knew that the people on that show also love cars there were car people they're different than people today there's people you know and then there's car people you know just a few i still watch the show by the way to this day to this day i watch the show gets taped i think it comes on on thursday i still tape it on channel 11 but i watch my car shows on sunday morning i have a number of them that i watch including motor week during my time when i was over the road my lovely wife taped the shows on vhs tapes for me and I would come back with a tape full of Motor Weeks, all right. And I watched those shows when I came home. I probably missed some years in like the late '80s um, or whatever when I was, you know, an idiot and uh, you know just doing stupid stuff or whatever, not watching it. But uh, probably starting in the early '90s, again, it got taped every week, and I have watched it. And I've watched those old shows, which you can find on YouTube. Uh, retro reviews of cars with John Davis and Goss's Garage and uh, all these other shows. <clears throat> so I watch it. And when John Davis started this television show, and look, hang on, we're going somewhere here, all right? We're going to go for a ride here, because this matters to me. Uh, um, he went out in the parking lot and picked out the cars in the parking lot of Maryland Public Television, which is where he worked, of people that had cool cars, and he thought they'd be great for the show because he knew they were car people. You know, a good example of this, just a few weeks ago, they tested a 911 GT3 and he commented that like 96% of the cars are going to be bought with the PDK automatic that uh, Porsche uses. And he said, you know, while that's great and all, we got ours with the manual, you know, we got it because we're here to drive and that kind of thing matters to car people. Automatic is not the same, you know, oh, it's a couple tenths faster to 60. Congratulations. You're not really driving the car, you know. You're not really a car person, so I still watch the show to this day. Well, a few weeks ago, Pat Goss passed away, and uh, he did I don't know thousands of episodes. I learned so much from the guy. Just a few weeks ago, he had an episode about coolant where he took the um, a multimeter and determined whether or not the coolant could be it's conductive you know he showed how to determine that i'm like i never even thought about that you know and he talked about why if it's conductive and how much uh it is and whether the coolant is good you know it's just every week with the guy and uh he shows you how to fix rust and just everything about the car my dad wasn't really into cars so uh you know you can imagine with the dodge omni your parents aren't really car people so uh you know and other fury wagons and stuff like that although the cars were cool they just bought them because they were utilitarian objects they're not car people and so and of course hardly anybody at school would talk to me because this is some weird kid so uh you know i didn't have that many car people in my life but i always had pat goss always had pat goss and uh was there and um having him die was very sad it hurt me You know, it really got to me and I was super sad to hear about it. Now, there are a few more episodes that he has pre-taped, apparently, and they were going to be aired in the coming weeks on Motor Week, which I recommend you start watching and watch all the old episodes if you love cars. They do a couple car reviews. They do two wheelins, so they'll get motorcycle reviews in there, other stuff in between, uh, you know, and it's just been a great show over the years. What I recommended, John Davis at the end of it cl- hits a button and the garage door closes and they flip the sign around to close because they said they weren't going to run that run and anymore. It's like nobody's going to replace him because how do you replace somebody like that? But what I think they should do then is bring the show back as classic garage, kind of the same way they brought back car talk you know, uh, because we only have one brother left of the car talk, click and clack pair. We only have click, but they still run the old episodes, you know, and they're still funny and you still learn a lot of stuff from them. You know, stuff like this coolant uh, thing and all these other things that Pat Goss has taught people over the years can be brought back because people can still learn from it. How brakes work and uh, you know, stuff like that. That's a timeless kind of thing that you can still rerun those episodes now there may be some specific episodes about certain cars or whatever but uh understanding how cars work i think they should bring them back i wrote to them you know i uh and said look this is why this show should come back uh this segment should come back on the show motor week even though pat is gone he has dedicated his life to teaching people about cars and Learning about cars. I can't tell you how many thousands of dollars I've saved either by doing my own repairs over the years or understanding what something is so that I don't get taken advantage of at a shop. You know, where saying, oh, you need to replace your what's it's they're all worn out or whatever, you know, and I understand what is going on because of the show where it's you can see it and he explains how it all works. It's just really something and it's really terrible that people have to go and, of course, after watching the show all these years it kind of brings your own mortality into view as well presumably uh you're like pat goss was 76 when he passed away here sh- recently But you think but dang it i've been watching the show for 40 years you know i'm not uh i'm not exactly uh still you know what what i have been uh, young when the show started you know i'm not exactly <laughs> you know young anymore either like that so your time comes too. You know and it's that dash that you have to watch out for when you look at a tombstone there's a year a dash and a year that dash that's what the important part is what are you going to do during the dash what are you doing anything are you doing anything worthwhile to help to educate to change to do something or is it all you everything's about me and i don't care about anybody else you know pat goss i'm sure he got paid for it right no problem but, uh, you know, the thousands of people that he taught today, there's some kid flipping through the channels today that's going to f- flip into Motor Week and start watching that show uh, just like I did when it started. And I think that to air the episodes for that kid that doesn't have any car people in their lives, they go, oh, look at me and my Tesla, <laughs> where the car drives itself. I'm an idiot. All right? That's maybe he's got just those people in his life and he needs some car people in his life and so i hope they will re-air the episodes and i will miss seeing pat goss on the show i think it's uh super sad after watching somebody you know f- really growing up with them watching them for 40 years and also watching thousands and thousands of segments you know it's it's like you almost know somebody so It's disappointing, but that day comes for all of us, I suppose, so condolences to the Goss family, certainly, after all this, and all the other viewers. You should see the comments from MotorWeek of the people, apparently it's not just me, that have been watching the show since the beginning, since the start of the show. It's good to know there are others, you know, that love cars that are car people, not just I want to just be silently whisked along by some robot that drives me around. That's not, you know, driving that isn't driving a car. And for people who think that, you know, modern cars are, you know, all that, I recommend you go get an older car and get a chance to drive it. I have always talked about my opportunity, you know, lap in a couple of laps there in a coontosh was probably the best experience of my whole life go drive that car and then tell me about driving a car where everything is manual and everything is you there's no electronic aids or anything else it's all you it's all you driving it go do that that's driving this today being whisked along uh, not exactly driving a number of people have written into me with this goofy stuff that dealers are doing now that um we're seeing so a lot of dealers are just adding money to the price of cars as we know and i've always said look (laughs) people don't seem to mind it when they pay under sticker. so now you're all offended that oh well the dealer's adding five thousand dollars well if it was five thousand under sticker would you go to the dealer and say wait a minute i want to pay sticker price for this car it's not fair that i'm paying less than sticker no so i'll shut up about that stuff okay but but (laughs) here's the thing Here's what some dealers are doing. They're they're advertising cars at sticker price. All right. So whatever car at sticker, and then when you get there, there's all these dumb dealer add-on, stupid garbage, uh, trash stuff, and that that's wrong. If they advertise a car at, at a certain price, that should be the price you show up and get the car for. So here's one of the most egregious ones that I've seen now nitro fill night nit- which is nitrogen fill the tires and the dealer is advertising this at three hundred ninety nine dollars they're saying oh yeah well, we vacuum extract the air out of the tires i love it i love it then we refill the tires with nitrogen let me tell you something about nitrogen fill it isn't worth paying for at all okay if you get nitrogen fill uh, so you have it. Fine. Do not pay for it. And I'll tell you this, from working at several full line dealerships, it's probably less than 50% chance that they're even doing it. What they're probably doing is just changing the valve stem cap to the green caps. Okay, and I'll, that is true. It's unlikely that they're even doing it. And even if you see them do it, Mark, I watch them do it. Even if you see them do it, You have no idea what they're filling the thing up with, okay? It doesn't smell different, and you can't... It doesn't have any color or anything to it, okay? You can't tell the difference by looking at it. So, no way. And some of these dealers have a lot of these, okay? We automatically uh, fabric protect and, uh, you know, paint protection. (laughs) We sold all that stuff, too. And I'll tell you, I've talked about this. On the paint protection, what they do is wash the car, all right? That's it because they know... They that's a dealers I worked at all right and that's because they know the paints already protected from the factory They're clear coated sealed and everything. Okay. They don't have to do anything to it And so they say "Oh well every year you can come in and get it reapplied every year you come in and they wash your car That's it and they go. Okay. Looks great, right? So fabric protection same thing The fabrics already protected from the factory you can spray that uh, you know scotch guard stuff for five bucks You get a can of that stuff if you have cloth seats still leather sheets should should be taken care of anyways treated it's spring i'll be doing our seats here soon uh and when it gets a little bit warmer it's only 40 degrees today so uh another week or two we get those taken care of again in the spring this kind of garbage stuff and they're charging a lot for it now we were like at 295 years ago now they're doing a thousand dollar rust protection 995 and they're saying oh well all this stuff is automatically you know part of the new car prep process that is total bull all right. Do not pay four hundred dollars for nitro fill. All right. Uh, I'd rather they just said we're just going to add five thousand to the car. That's one thing. All right. Then they're just being clear about it. But to put it out like this, like you're getting some kind of value, you're not. You're not getting any value. They might as well just add money to the price. Okay. They might as well just add. If they were at least clear about it, hey, it's just five thousand over sticker. Pay it or get lost. But, oh, well we vacuum extract the air and then put nitrogen. Air is almost all... It's, it's 79% nitrogen anyway. You're only getting a little more nitrogen. It doesn't do any good where you... It doesn't do any good where it's worth money. Let's put it that way. There's no money savings in it. You start to check your pressures and all that stuff. It isn't worth any money. If it's free... Then I guess so. And yes, people ask me that too. Do you have to put nitrogen in if the tires are low? No, you can fill it with air because air is mostly nitrogen anyways. So you can just fill it up and wherever you go. The gas station or whatever doesn't make any difference. But to pay $400 for it is just ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous kind of fee. Paint. Uh, what's the other one? Oh, pinstriping. That was, a, that was a big one at the dealer I was at. All right. One of them, they pinstriped all the cars. And they had some goober come in and do it. I watched them do it. It took him a couple minutes, and he said he charged the dealer $12 for the pinstriping. It was $129.95 then, and they always used it as a bargaining chip. Well, you know, we'll throw that in for 50 bucks. so save you $80. People thought they were saving $80. We we're still making 300% on the on the pinstriping. So these kind of add-on stupid things. If they advertise a car at X dollars, and you go there, and it's way more than that, you know, you should really gripe at them about that. Be ready to travel. Be ready to go somewhere to get the vehicle that you want because of all these add-ons. And then when you're talking to them in advance, i tell them, look, if there's going to be any add-ons, I'm leaving. All right, tell them that. So what is the final price of this car? Get that in writing before you go, all that kind of stuff so that they don't add these kind of stupid things. Tanning a car is 300 maybe is, uh, you know, I don't know what a dealer would charge for it. So you can get that done around here for all the windows and stuff like that. Don't do any of these other kind of goofy bag protections and all that. You can just do that yourself. It's just not worth it at the dealer. But that's what some places are doing now. But don't be mad about the overage price when you are not mad about the underage price. Underage, love it. And now we've come to the part of the show where we understand a reason that we're not living on Mars. And that is because we have to support people who are here that are dumb and there's a lot of them and so it takes a lot of dry cheese sandwiches to keep them all fed every day so here we go to new mexico today and we have a dude living in a concrete basement because they can't afford cinder blocks there so it's just simply a poured basement oh yes but he has a light hanging from a wire that goes off into the distance and it's just swinging around in a slight breeze produced by an old fan and he's like you know what i need to go get some money of course but he knows that he also wants a date with the lady and i say that knowing that i'm not a biologist i'm only going with what the article said until the supreme court makes a final determination and she works down at the local pawn shop alright so this guy is like I'm gonna be more clever than most people so he goes and prints up some business cards for himself now it didn't say what those business cards said on him it just had his information you know contact information kind of that kind of thing and when someone walks into a pawn shop with neck and face tattoos um, I would be a little suspicious I would say those kind of tattoos They say something, and something that they say is generally not good. Anyway, he goes in to chat up this lady and hands her his business card, all puffed up about it. And, uh, you know, wants a date or whatever, and she politely declines and he leaves. Well, apparently when he was in there looking around, he noted some jewelry that he would like to have. So he goes back home to his cement apartment and stews about it and just can't believe it. So, he goes back in there the next day and robs the place. Oh, yes. But the clerk that was there the uh, day before is there that day. (laughs) And she knows him because he was talking to her the day before. He gets some jewelry and leaves. And she tells the police, hey, this guy was just here. Here's his business card. He was trying to get a date out of me. Uh, And surprise, she didn't date him, but apparently she had turned him down. So no idea where he'll get, how he'll get his cell phone turned on. Either way, she gives him the card. It's his real information on the card. All right. So they go over there, apparently, and arrest him. Find him with the stolen items and arrest him. She identifies him. Bingo, bongo, Bob's your uncle, he's in jail. Simple as that. And now we're feeding this guy cheese sandwiches. And he has all these unused business cards. <clears throat> Many people will print these kind of things up, even though they don't have any kind of business or whatever. Because if you put a give somebody a business card, they're like, oh, are you, uh, are you a CEO? Are you Bill Gates? So uh, that's apparently what he thought might happen there at the pawn shop, where they do have some nice items. And uh, now he's in prison and we have to provide him with cheese sandwiches. And that could be, that cheese sandwich could have been the last of the money we needed for the final amount of fuel to get us to Mars. But we can't go now. We can't go because he decided that uh, going in there is a better idea than the rest of us going to Mars. Maybe we'll have to just take up a kind of GoFundMe collection to get to Mars because there seems to be an endless amount of people who are dumb here on this planet. Maybe we could do something about that. We'll talk about that perhaps in a future episode. So I want to thank everybody for listening today to the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day. Be safe. Be safe out there. There'll be another one coming out soon. We, do, we say twice a week now is what we're shooting for. That's how we do it on here. So thanks for being here. Of course, YouTube, Trucking Answers, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.